Oh, man, I got a little bit too much alcohol. The ice didn't even clink this time. You know who you talking to? It's Mr. Westside of Duval County, the suburban dad, the quarantine celebrity, the creator of the murder hornet. It's C. Turner, baby. And yeah, I'm a little bit sauced up. It's Friday. I just got off work, and I ain't got shit to do. But talk shit to you. I got my right-hand man with me on my left-hand side, but he's my left-hand man on my right-hand side. Mr. Saturday Night. Tell them who I'm talking to and about. It's always a pleasure to bring myself in, allow myself to introduce myself. The South Side born, South Suburb raised, had to go up north for a little bit, get a little bit of snow, see some things, come on back, but not go too close to the city, stay on the edge, go out to the country, come back to the city, go to some crazy country, come back to the city, go out to some crazy country. And then guess what? We out here West Coasting. And we out here right now doing what we do best. You think he's lit? Listen, I got a glass of champagne uh, by a French bottle, Chris. I can't even pronounce it, so I ain't going to embarrass myself like that. I know it's a brute. Oh, it is Vuve Clicquot. I don't even know if I did that right. I'm getting laughed at right now by the fiance. But then I've got a little Tito's and 7-Up right now. But then I got that Cavassier. And shouts out to all my people that are looking at the link, you know what I'm saying, and realizing, yes, I am black. Uh, <laughs> but it's your boy James Walden. We here, Chris Turner. What's good, my dude? What's good, Wayne's to the J? And just to reiterate that again, my my co-host, my right hand man, he is black. Just I don't realize that I didn't realize that people didn't know that. Follow the links, of course. Check us out on Anchor, but look at his Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram. That's what's underscore good underscore America. Follow us on Instagram, but he is black. I mean, it's true. Only, it's only, true. A, only a true black man would have Cavassier, vodka, and champagne right now at the same time and drink all three for one hour. I understand, man. I, I, hey, I fully appreciate it. Because you just don't know where this conversation is going to go. It feels like that type of conversation. We got three topics that are really similar in what we're talking about, but they're coming from way different sides, man. So I was like, you know what? Each conversation feels a certain way. So I got a drink ready to go for each of them. And just to let you folks know, I am deathly afraid of the murder hornet. Uh, <laughs> just going to put that out there. Now, I realize they're not really a threat to to people, but I'm just going to put it out there, man. The, this is a goddamn bee that's about the size of like 19 bees. So I'm deathly afraid of the murder hornet right now. You can call it propaganda. You can call it uh, scare attack to keep folks in the house so the government can have something else going on? I don't know. But you scared the shit out of me with, a, with something called a murder hornet or the Japanese hornet, whatever you want to call it. So whatever. Yeah, you had me at Bumblebee. Listen, I saw my girl never again. That's all I got to say. Oh. Any, any, hey, listen, oh. dude. Anybody that's eight years old no. and saw no, McCul- don't do that. I, I'm doing it. If you was eight don't. years old and you saw Macaulay Culkin die and was by all them bees, I bet you've been avoiding bees like me your whole life. It ain't just me out there. Where's his glasses? He needs his glasses. Man, that was heart wrenching. God damn it. Oh. So you had me at B, murder hornet. I don't know shit. I don't even to be anywhere near a flower where they pollinate or whatever the hell they do. Oh, man. Shout out to Macaulay Culkin with the range. Shouts out to Macaulay Culkin. 
Shouts out to Macaulay Culkin. I'm thrown off right now. All right, forget. It. I'm I'm done. I'm, I I can't go back and forth with you right now. Let's just go straight into it. Like, I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm ready, eat. man. What's on your mind, man? What's on your mind first? So I can figure out what so, I'm gonna drink. Topic numero uno. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Graham. Mm. This is a good. So one. I gotta see who you want here. It's 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 a debate on. Who do you like more? Is it mixtape Drake? I want this forever Drake or NBA ambassador Drake sitting on front row of the of the NBA finals, hugging all the NBA players, hopping in pictures and all this other stuff. Like, who are you with? Is it the the before he was young money Drake or the Drake that's at the Grammys and popping up on SNL and which which Drake you with? And you know what? Because I'm not the biggest Drake fan, I'll go first because I know mine will be short and sweet. But I'm gonna hit you with a <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a hollow point at the beginning of this. Okay. Drake will become the next Will Smith. Hmm. Point blank and period. Hmm. Musically, musically, and for everything outside of music, Drake is the new Will Smith. So just to throw a little, little racially, uh, a little racial gasoline on his fire real quick. He's a very fair-skinned young man. He speaks the king's king's English very well. White people like him. Let's just call it what it is, man. Like he he speaks enough hood shit to keep the black folks entertained and the Spanish folks. Shout out to Ola to my, my peoples, but he speaks enough of the king's English to keep white people entertained. When he popped up on SNL, I loved it. Every last damn sketch he was in, I loved it. Like I said, I'm not the biggest Drake fan. There's, I ain't gonna sit here and lie. Never bought a Drake album. I've listened to a couple Drake songs. I like, a, I'm not gonna lie, a bunch of Drake songs, but I'm not gonna go out there and download a Drake album. That's, I, I can't. Like, I like the, I like that gangster. I shoot you in your chest. I wet your hip hop. That's that's what I like. And Drake doesn't give me that. But to each his own. So for me personally, I'm going to go with NBA Ambassador Drake because that Drake is a bit more arrogant. He's a bit of an asshole. Let's just call it what it is. And America knows. Like I can relate. I'm not calling myself an asshole, but I've been called an asshole. I like NBA Ambassador Drake simply because he's arrogant, he's an asshole, and he will become, God honestly, and I promise you, it's probably in the next three to five years, he will be the next Will Smith. Go ahead. You know what? I love the Drake will be the next Will Smith uh, line. That's actually a nice hollow point uh, for that. And I think that's one for uh, our What's Good America audience to think about. Because, in fact, you got to think about it. That's Jimmy Brooks, man. I didn't watch Degrassi, but I knew he had about 100 episodes, you yep. know, on that show. In the wheelchair. Getting it in, man. Acting his little butt off. So I give him credit. So I'm going to preface this with this. Because we're talking about this, I didn't know really which one to go to as I'm sipping and talking to here. I mean, I've got the champagne. You know, his hashtag on Instagram is Champagne Poppy. Hey, Drake, if you're <laughs> listening, this is an ode to you right now. This is a respect thing. 
All right. We have preferences based on a musical styles with this argument, which is why I was brought up. But, you know, at the same time, I got the vodka and then I got the Cavassier, which basically represents Drake, too. Look at that. I did that shit on purpose and on accident at the same time, Chris. Now, <laughs> I will say this. My preference, and I'm going to actually extend my, because when we talked about I got to extend my timeline. I'm going to say my preference on Drake goes to thank me later, Drake. So I like mixtape Drake plus the Young Money CD plus thank me later, Drake. And you know what? Even give me take care, Drake. Give me up to take care, Drake. All right. That's that's my guy. And I'm going to tell you why. Number one, this dude was on mixtapes rapping with underground legends. I'm talking like Fonte from Little Brother. Okay. Carolina Group. Okay. He was rapping with LZ from Slum Village. Shout out Detroit. Slum Village. This dude was doing all sorts of remixes. He was putting Toronto on early. Put some of his guys on early. Was rapping on classic hip-hop beats. And then, you know, to have the first verse on a song with Lil Wayne, Eminem, and Kanye West in 2009? Yeah. I mean, and you ain't even, he wasn't even really, I mean, he might have just signed with Young Money. I don't know. That's a mixtape song. That ain't, a, that ain't an album song. So you leading off that, they, they, they sending you up there, young fella, lead it off. I mean, remember that Chris Brown song? Take you down. You know I want to take you down. Remember that? Yeah. Go, listen, go listen to Drake's Take You Down. was just him on there doing uh, the remix. And he had the coldest line on there. And it ain't nothing to it, but we all been there. You know what Drake was talking about on there, mixtape Drake? I ain't had sex in a long time. I ain't had sex in a long time. I ain't had sex in a long time. I'll be having sex tonight. Only Drake could get away with some stuff like that. That was mixtape Drake. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget about the So Far Gone. You know what I'm saying? He got on the Ignite shit with him and Lil Wayne, which is the remix to the Jay-Z Ignite song. I mean, like, this dude had so much soul, but had the ability to spit and can write. You know what I mean? Like, he gets accused of a lot of things now, which is funny to me. You know, I can understand jealousy with some of that stuff. But, you know, think about some of our favorite songs by some of our other artists in there. Remember that Can I Hit It in the Morning by J. Cole? Yeah. Who's yeah. on that? Yeah. Think about that poetic justice with uh, my current goat and rap. Kung Fu Kenny Kendrick. <laughs> That's the Drake I'm talking about. You know, those were the songs he was doing. And I do respect what he's doing now because you're right. He is like hip-hop Will Smith in a sense. That dude's going to sell 10 million records now. Easily. Like, Easily. he is the guy. It's not taken away from what he's doing now because he's doing no. some great things. He's got some jam. I mean, come on, man. This dude put out a... a a cha-cha slide part infinity and <laughs> it went viral, man. You know what I mean? So hold on. Hold on. I don't want anybody to take this as me taking a, a jab at Drake. It's not because by saying he's going to be the next Will Smith, you got to think about it. 
Will Smith went diamond a couple times. Like you, you might not be able to name anybody who has a Will Smith album. Somebody bought that shit though. Oh yeah, they was buying a whole bunch. See, that's what they don't understand about the nineties. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm not going there. Not See? tonight. Not tonight. It's, it's I won't. Too, it's too easy it's to too go easy. back. It's, it's too, too easy to go back. But what I mean, I'm saying is, I won't do it. What I'm saying is, like by calling him the next Will Smith, that's not a jab. Like Will Smith gets twenty five, thirty million dollars a movie. Yeah, like yeah. Will Smith can drop a. Will Smith pretty much does the soundtrack for every movie he's in, and that's another couple of million on top of that. So by me calling him the next Will Smith, that is honestly one of the highest compliments you can give any musician, any artist, any actor in the game because, like, that man does it all. Like, except that one terrible-ass movie where he had his son in it. Like, that shit was trash. But Wait, which one? Which one? Um, Talk about After Earth? After Earth. Yeah, I mean, you know. That was trash. I didn't see it, so, uh, you know. I try to... I try to give always give Will a shot, but you know to to I even give him a shot. That movie to, was trash. To even back up the whole Will Smith point and why that is not a shot, um, as we're starting to see. Number one, shout out probably the coolest hip hop video that's been done in a long time. How about the Joiner Lucas and all he did was mm-hmm. say I want to be Will Smith and ain't even met him. Yep. So that's number one. That's one of the hardest songs in all of hip hop still, and that video still. has been viral for a minute. Yep. I know it's been viral for a minute because I just saw it a few weeks ago, and I think that song's been out forever. <laughs> so that should further let you know, number one. Number two, Will Smith is so cold. His kids had number one albums because they Will Smith kids. That's right. I whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair back and forth. Yeah. So, you know, Drake has had that ability. If Drake is on your record, you know, it, it's gone through a lot of things. And he's had probably a longer stretch I bring up some of these stretches. Remember when Lil John was on everything? Yep. For a T-Pain. minute. When T Pain was on everything. And then when yep. Lil Wayne was on everything, was one Every of the was one of the summer. greatest stretches of crossover hip hop and RB and pop. When you featured Lil Wayne, it was like, oh, it's number one. Drake's been doing that. Yeah, you got a number one hit. Drake's been doing that for about 10 years now. And Drake is on your song, like, it's a rap. He's no, that I dude. Agree. I just have a, you know, I got a place in my heart for mixtape Drake because to hear what his music used to sound like, and I do give him credit because I haven't really, I think Views might have been the last album that I listened to some of, but not all of, and I just, I can't keep up with this guy. This no, guy, he pushes out music. This guy puts out a lot of music, so I give him credit for that, and every time I hear something, I go, was that Drake? And then I find myself going, Kiki, do you love me? And I was doing that dance all summer. I didn't even listen to that album. But I knew that dance. I was rocking the hell out of that dance. I was like, that is some slick shit. Whoever uh, did that. <laughs> you, Drake, you know you cold when he ain't say nothing but four words that whole song. That's when you know you made it. That's like some Cisco Thong song shit. Oh, my God. That. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about the Thong song eventually. Dude, uh, you know that dude made, sold 10 million singles, and all he did yeah. was say the same verse through the whole song, and then yep. go dun 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 that thong, the thong, thong, thong. I give credit yeah. where credit's due. That's one of the worst songs ever written in history for a dude that can sing the way yeah. he can sing. He's saying the hell out of them 20 words. That's where Drake is at. 
So when I think yeah. of mixtape Drake, I do think of a guy, man. He was going to give you three verses. It was going to be on some cold little, especially mixtape Drake. It's going to be on one of your favorite beats. You yep. know what I mean? Or that's when he was connecting with Ninth Wonder, who to me is been one of the heir parents to the greatest producer of all time. I won't tell you that name is because we will have a producer show uh, yeah, on here. Uh, that's yeah, coming. I'm already, I'm already disagreeing with that shit. You know, so I mean, yeah, I already know you're going to disagree with that because I know who your favorite producer is. I'm not going to get into that. Do. I think I, I do. Think do. I think I do. Based on where you from and what I know, you know what I'm saying? That's all. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to keep it to myself. Right. But, but right. I mean... Let's put it to this way. I don't think you can go wrong with mixtape Drake up to take care Drake and then beyond take care Drake to actually ended his own Drake curse. That's where I give him credit for the NBA Drake and you taking a stance. Any dude that becomes a curse but ends his own curse with his home team, <laughs> that's a bad mofo, man. You got to give him credit for that. You got to give him credit. So, you know, we're definitely on different sides, but it's all yeah. homage to my man Drake. But, you know... I do want to kind of bring it to the next topic, and I think that's why I poured a little bigger glass of Kavasi on this one, because I know we both have it. Yeah, go ahead, man. You know, I love hearing that clickety-clank, clickety-clank. So I'm already empty, so you know I got to refill. Love it, love it. This one kind of touches both of us here, and I don't know, you know, what side Chris is going to be on if he wants to go first with it, but, you know, we obviously are going through some things here in our sports world. Uh, we've had some things carry us through. Um, you know, God bless ESPN for everything they've tried to do for the sports fans out there. And a lot of our listeners, like Chris and ourselves, but we're starting to see some hope. I mean, even shoot, NASCAR's leading the way. We've got UFC fights happening tomorrow. There's some good things. But here's going to be the rock. Let me interrupt. Yeah, let me go ahead. UFC is happening in Duval County, Jacksonville, 904. Yeah, the UFC is in the city, baby. That's big. Up. Sorry, I did see that. No, that's good, dude. You got to you got to rep. Got to rep the 904, man. I don't have a problem with the 904. It's usually the problem I have is you. You know, it's no disrespect yeah. to Jacksonville. I mean, I got shout it. out, I, I you know. My sister my sister-in-law lives over there in them parts. Shout out to the Casneys. Okay? They got a shout out on the show cuz you know, you was <laughs> you was ripping all into my brother-in-law's school the first episode. I don't think he's listened to the show since. <laughs> You tore Notre Dame just to pieces. I was like, God. And then I had to agree with you. I think he still still likes me. I think I'm still good. But, Chris, I mean, I haven't played that episode back. But I remember one of our favorite listeners. Shout out Katie Mitchell getting a shout out because she got her first listen. She said, you didn't waste no time with Alabama. I said, no, I did not. And that's the same way I felt with you with Notre Dame. You didn't waste no time. You just absolutely hey, shit on that entire hey, the wedding is The wedding is going to be real, real touchy. I know who I need to stay away from. Oh, it's all good, man. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out Duval County, man. Put it down for UFC. But, you know, speaking of that, and I think that's also a good transition to what I'm talking about, too. The Jacksonville Jaguars are actually the first team to be able to put things in place for their players and, and for that organization to be able to have games. And, you know, we've heard a lot of it. I've heard things from LeBron and the NBA side, other players. But, I, you know, as us as players, man, where, you know what, Chris? You've played in front of 100,000 people before. Yeah. 
You've also played in front of a thousand people before. Yep. So my question to you is, how would you feel if you were an NFL player used to at least having, you know, 30, 40,000 people in the stands? Would you be able to play games if the stadium was empty? All right. It seems like you want me to go first on this one. So or I was at leading it into there. I have a thought on it already because I don't even know what your answer is going to be. I'm going to go first. Okay. I'm going to go first. And I'm going to go first because my answer is not going to make a lot of people happy. I don't give a damn if the fans are there, personally. So I'll give you this. When we play here in Billings, packed house, five to 7,000 people at the Rimrock Outdoor Arena. And here's how it works in arena football, folks. I don't know if you know this or not. If you're the first through, if you're first through fifth for your introduction, then you're popping. Like you're you're it. Like you're it. If you're 16 through 21, then you're still on that high side of the mountain. So you want to be at the very beginning or the very end. Myself and myself, I felt towards the end, Walt liked to come out first. When I would come out, I came out with a mask on my, a bandana on my face, and I came out with a WCW championship belt. I didn't do that for any of the fans. Like, I did that because that was essentially, that was me. Like, that was me coming out to get myself in the game. Like, it didn't matter to me that the fans were screaming. It didn't matter to me that, like little kids were buying championship belts and raising them up at the game, that didn't matter to me because I knew once I got out to the 50 or the 25 or whatever it was, the belt came off, the bandana went to to the face, and, like, it's time to go. And when I lined up in front of this other grown-ass man, knowing, dude, I'm about to run, you slap the hell over, and there's nothing you can do about it. It was quiet to me. And when you're on defense, people are screaming their heads off. And honestly, from eight years old up until, I think, 31, when I lined up and put my hand down, I was the most at peace. Like, it was quiet. Like, I didn't give a damn how loud. It was fourth and one. The game was on the line. It was quiet to me. So, Without there being fans there, like I still, I'm still the same way. Like I'm going to tune all of that out, and I'm gonna go to my happy place. And my happy place is running over this other grown ass man that's in front of me, and slapping the everlasting crap out of this dude who's trying to put his hands on me. And I'm at peace. So, as speaking as a fan now, mm-hmm. it's probably going to suck. But speaking as the player, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I know for a fact I got to go out there. I got to get these sacks. I got to get these tackles so I can make sure on Tuesday my check has everything it needs to have in it. I know that fans can watch it on TV. I know they're probably going to put football on Amazon now. All this good stuff. Just speaking for myself, and it's harsh, I get it. But as a player, an ex-athlete, whatever, me putting my hand down, and whether there was 100,000 screaming or there was 5,000 or back in high school when there was 1,000 or 2,000, I didn't care because, like, all of that went away anyway. So me personally, 
it doesn't matter that the fans won't be there. Now, when it comes to wrestling, that shit's terrible without the fans. But <laughs> as, far, as far as like the other wrestling events, uh, the other sports events, like it doesn't matter because if you look at basketball, oh, basketball is the most shit talking sport in the world. Well, one of, well, it's it's one, and then football is very a close second. But basketball, then if you if you're tuning to this game, you can hear. Your favorite athlete, matter of fact, Steph Curry, who everybody thinks is such an angel. You can hear him probably talking cash shit to somebody, and you hear it clear. Like, you might get a more of a deeper insight to the game. So that's my take on it. You go ahead. Man, you know, you you actually went away on that. I didn't expect you to go. But at the same time, you did go away, expect you to go. So – um, I thought you were going to talk more from the Alabama platform. So thank you for talking on the equal platform of the IFL. First and foremost, let me say this. Um, fans, Mr. Saturday Night love you, okay? Um, <laughs> there is no way, and Wayne's J means no way, Mr. Saturday Night works. No fans- way. If, it, if fans didn't go from, I can't believe this dude just told us what we're going to call him to, you know what? That's probably one of the coldest nicknames I've ever heard in my life. So, shouts out, especially to the Outlaws fans and the extreme fans where I spent a lot of my time uh, in my career. Um, so, uh, the argument of that, I'm starting with that. I mean, how dare you, sir? Uh, talk about, <laughs> I don't give a damn. No, I cared. Okay, them touchdown dances were there for them fans. That's why we were number one. And another how dare you, Chris. Yes, you're correct. I did start in the middle when I first started. That's why that Mr. Saturday Night didn't pop very well when we were first together. <laughs> you know, they were like, oh, okay, this dude, we traded one of our best players for this receiver. Yeah. And he wants us to call him. Yeah, so you're right, it didn't pop, Chris. But you will put some respect on my damn IFL name by the end of that season, okay, I was in them back three or four, okay? Chris always went last. Shout out Chris Dixon, Hall of Famer, best quarterback I ever played with. He always went last, and rightfully so. But when it was all said and done, Mr. Saturday Night was second to last. All right, so I was warming him up so the MVP could run out. Chris, don't you ever do that to me again on this show. That's the only place where I can hold weight with you. You will not disrespect where I was at and that tunnel lineup. I'm getting that shit done. I'm telling you right now, America, that will not be the case. Nope. Oh, God. But in response to the question, me and Chris Turner are on the same page. Um, you know, when you line up and when you play, there was nothing better than practice. And I know for those two years, and me and Chris Dixon were actually talking about this the other day, uh, CT. We loved yeah. how hard we practiced. And it wasn't that we like practiced, like beat each other to the, you know, the pulp every day. It was who was going to win practice that day, the offense or the defense. Like who was going to be the one that, oh, we didn't let y'all get down here this time. Especially in 09 with you and Landry and, and Baysmore. Um, to me, you know, tied for probably the greatest D line I ever saw in that league. And I've seen a lot of D-lines. And the three of you guys healthy and pissed off and chasing uh, sack incentives, 
that's how you win games 79 to three America. Yeah. I played in the 79 to three game and was out in two and a half quarters. Great, great Chris Turner story in that one too, by the way, those that don't know about that, ask him about it or better yet um, at me. And I'll tell you the time that I knew Chris Turner was one of the scariest human beings in my life. It was in that 79 to three game. But Chris was touching oh, on something. He was touching on something, you know, that is the truth for us. It's about looking at that man in the face and just knowing for a fact. And me in particular, this is the honest to God truth, America. I can't get too braggadocious about the high school stuff. I could do that with the guys I played with. But, you know, I didn't quite get to that level. I mean, in my opinion, I was probably one of the best players on my college team the last couple of years. The numbers don't show that. Uh, but in this four-year window that I was, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion, arguably the best player in this league, I can say this. I knew every time I lined up, I was going to whoop your ass. Facts. And it's a known fact. Because if you play in, let's count the games. Let's see. I can do math here. We played 17 and 17 in, in Billings, Chris, and that's 34, right? Mm-hmm. I played another 16 uh, the year before that in Bloomington. That's 50, right? And I played 17, so 67 games. I caught 119 touchdowns. So it didn't matter who was going to be there. And the most fun games I ever played were both our championship games um, that we both won rings for. Thank you, Chris Turner, for that. Because um, <laughs> I really, you. I, you know, when you get double teamed in championship games, your numbers aren't really that good. So you just have to score a touchdown and be a decoy. Uh, shouts, out, <laughs> shouts out to Kenny Stills' uh, dad um, for that 09 season. Oh, yeah, you didn't know that, Chris. Did you know Kenny Stills' dad was coaching against us in that game? I did not. Yeah, and me and him, for we have a history. Oh, yeah, we, me and Kenny Stills' dad. I love Coach Stills. He was one of my favorite guys, one of my favorite coaches in that league. And I remember we played him in 09, Chris. He looked at me and he said, you do realize that it's not going to be you tonight because I used to torture River City when I was in Bloomington. Like, torture them dudes. So, shout out to the Stills family. Shout out to Kenny Stills. Let me give you this, too. Let me give you this, too. So, another one of our our newly found Americans here. That's what we'll call our fans, the Americans. Oh, yeah. Our, Our really good. Ooh, how about really good Americans? Really good Americans. I like it. So, another really good American hit me up on Facebook. We went to high school together. He was a year behind me. He was like, dude, I didn't know you played for the Outlaws. I was like, yeah, I did. Like, were you there in 09? Like, yeah. So what number? I was like, I was the big dude in the middle. I was 99. Oh, you was the bastard with the belt, right? Like, yeah. That was <laughs> he was like, bro, like, I played D-line for River City. Like, I didn't know you was on the team because, like, after y'all whooped us, uh, like, one of y'all guys had to get carried out on the stretcher. Mind you, that was me. But I was like, yeah, bro, that was me. So I played against a high school teammate in that damn championship game. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That also means he had one of the greatest times of life because to this day, that is what I know is one of the greatest parties ever thrown in Billings, oh, Montana history. Um, so that's why we love the fans. Um, you know, and that's why we're Chris coming line. Now, we love y'all. We love we do. y'all to we death. Do. And we feed off you guys. But the true, true champions, we can line up every day. I didn't need anybody in them stands to go, you know what? 
I got to run a route on this dude now, and we got to win. And the fact that the NFL is already prepped to do that, it's good for us as sports fans. Because here's another thing I looked up, Chris. Uh, the lowest amount of revenue that a team was making based off of attendance. You know what the lowest number of money was that I saw? I looked at 10 and I just stopped. $350 million. Jesus Christ. So the fact that these owners are willing to play without making that type of money and want to bring the game and are going to find a way to make that money back. Oh, you know they are. You got to give big ups to them. Because really, I'm going to make $350 million for people to pay money to watch my team play, whether they win or lose. And, they're, you know, it did all. It was the tickets, concession stands, all that shit. And the lowest number I saw was $350 million from one season. So that ought to let you know that these guys, they will definitely, if we're not able to be there in full force and go support our teams, um, and Chris Turner, I hope it does happen because we might have to do a What's Good America podcast because I was told to tell you by the fiance, your boy Tua is going to be out here. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just put that on the air. Tua's playing in San Francisco. So you, you go look that up and put that there, and we'll do a What's Good America podcast from the doggone uh, parking lot. And all we'll do we is talk will, about Tua. We will do it at the damn game. That's a fact. So I just so, want to put right, that so out there. Let me, let me say this. No, I'll, matter of fact, I'll save it for, I'll save it for my my minute. So mm. I'll save it. So I love it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it alone, and we'll head into the last topic for the night. Okay. The last topic for tonight. I don't know who hasn't seen this damn minute snippet of this video, <laughs> but there's a video out right now. With Iron, I'm not. I can't call him just regular Mike. With Iron Mike Tyson, Tyson training. Hey, Chris, you know what we should call him now? What I mean, it is 2020. Should we call him Vibranium Mike Tyson? We might. He might be the new Black Panther. Like it's. He looks better now than he looked in a long time. So there's been there's a video going around right now because Mike Ty Iron Mike Tyson vibranium Mike Tyson is sparring with his uh, his coach and everything because he's going to do an exhibition with some heavyweights and all this other stuff for charity and then if he does well enough he might think about making maybe two or three matches so what I ask you are you for or against this and if you're for if you're for this, who do you want to see him against? Okay. So, America, this is the one we did kind of discuss a little bit because I brought it up and he said, okay, this is perfect. We need to talk about this now. So, let's once again shouts out Vibranium Mike Tyson. <laughs> okay. And for, some, and for some of you young cats out here, Woo! but you know what? I don't have to even do that because Mike Tyson is on uh, black Twitter loops so much. They yeah. show all of Mike Tyson stuff, so I don't even need to do that for the, the younger viewers, but there has not been in my era a guy like Mike Tyson in the boxing no. ring. No. Okay, I can't count Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler. I was too young to appreciate them. That's all highlights for me. 
You know, same thing with Cassius Clay. You know, I mean, the heavyweights that I really knew, the Lennox Lewis's, you know, dope. But, you know, yep. it was Lennox. Evander Holyfield, dope, but yep. it's Evander. You know what I mean? Like, and I do respect the guys we have now because they've done a good job they of, have. Of, of making it relevant to where people actually went and bought boxing matches. You know, it's been the era, you know, our era's, you know, Roy Jones Jr., who's a GOAT, Sugar Shane Mosley's, the Pernell Whitakers, obviously Money Mayweather, 50 and 0. Money team. Okay. Oscar De La Hoya's, you know, Pacquiao's, uh, for all my Dave Chappelle heads out there, you know, (laughs) Ricky Haddon's, you know, you got a lot of these guys that have been, you know, our lighter weight fighters. But when it comes to heavyweight, Mike Tyson is the greatest draw, I believe, in the history of heavyweight boxing. I, I, I do believe that. And one of the greatest draws in the history. So I do believe this. Mike Tyson, based on what I've seen his body look like, one, it makes me feel ashamed of myself. Um, me too. That he's cut that much weight. Um, and two, yes, I believe Mike Tyson can be world heavyweight champion um, because that type of punching power is a gift from God. And the first person I would love to see him fight, this is why this topic is going to stink. I think we're just going to end up just saying the same thing. It would have to 100% be the bronze bomber. I got to see that. That's one fight I got to see. But you know what? I personally would like it to be him and the bronze bomber, you know, in the end. I'd like to see Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury right now. I don't disagree with that. Because if he knocks out Fury, then we get him in Big D. And I'm like, that's that's all. I'm sorry. Listen, I you know, as I'm looking at my wife fiance, that's all black America wants to see. We want to see the two greatest knockout artists of our time and see if one of them can actually kill the other one. <laughs> and, and I don't mean kill as in like literally put, you know, we mean boxing kill. Come on now. Black America knows you're going to have all the old heads going, okay, Mike Tyson's right. (laughs) Wilder's right. Because that's what's talked about. Deontay Wilder's right has been known as the greatest right hand in history. Mike Tyson's left-handed and his right hook is one of the most scared, feared punches. Terrifying. Terrifying. The one thing I know with either fight with Mike Tyson, if he fights Fury or if he fights uh, Wilder, somebody's getting TKO'd or knocked out. It's not going to end. There's not going to be no 12-round draw. It ain't ain't gonna no be like, decision, baby. No, somebody will get knocked out, and it will be magical. It doesn't matter if it happens 15 seconds in a round. So that's where I'm at on it to start. I'm going to allow you to continue to fill in on this. Dr. All right, Alba. so yeah, we we are on the same side with this one. If Tyson comes back, he gets the belt. Now, I'm going to disagree with you with saying that Tyson's punching power is a gift from God because it's not. That shit is a curse from Satan himself. <laughs> because if, if this man hits you flush, <laughs> if I'm serious. 
Like if this man hits you with a flush shot, you don't chew correctly anymore. Like you have cognitive disabilities. If this man hit, think about some of those 17 second fights. Like it didn't seem like the punch was that much like during the middle of it. But then when they show it back and they get that really good angle and you can see like the person's chin cave in or you see somebody's ribs break. Think about that. Like this man hits you and you feel three ribs break. Like you don't pee. You don't pee right the next day or the next month. You don't chew correctly anymore. Like your walk is a little different. That's all Satan, bro. That's not God at all. <laughs> Dude, I was trying to for real laugh, but I was drinking champagne. If I did, I'd have spit it all over our living room. And I was like, I got to hold that in and just laugh that through. Oh, so, my God. This dude well, said you, it's it's a gift from Satan himself, not a gift from God. That is one not, of the best things I've ever heard. God would never give anybody that type of ability. That is uh, all Lucifer. What? Uh, I disagree. What about David and his slingshot? Uh, what? That was a rock and a slingshot and a good shot. This man was punching people. Hey, that's all I'm saying. God gives you the ability. You know what I'm saying? No. Uh, not, not to hurt somebody like this. Not um, like have, this. Have you seen uh, Shaquille O'Neal in his prime? That was that's the devil, bas- too? That's basketball. I- this but is actually this is this is changing somebody's life. Well, you don't For think the, if somebody hits you with a rim coming off and knocks you in your head that that's not the devil's juice too? No, that's that, all Jesus. Jesus sometimes has to have dominant forces. That's the way it not, is. That's how the Lord fights his battle. But we're not okay. going to argue. We're not going to argue religion on this one. But that's I true. will say, if Tyson hits you, flush. It's a rat. Like there's nothing. There's no getting up from this. Like there's Evander Holyfield and Lennox Lewis, Lewis, one of the few guys who learned what he did and kind of used it against them. And even then, they they were smart enough to keep their distance away from this man. Like there was mm-hmm. a reason why they called Mike Tyson a rabbit pit bull. Because once the bell rung in the first round, you better run for your fucking life. This man is genuinely trying to hurt you. <laughs> Period. Like it's it's like that that when that bell rings, a switch goes off. All right. Whoever this is in front of me has to go down. And they have to go down now. So for you for people who just kind of just start doing boxing or whatever, Iron Mike Tyson. Is like if you combine Anthony Joshua's boxing skill because I don't know if you know it, but Tyson can box. And yeah. then if you combine that with uh, Wilder's wildly aggressive hooks and power punches, but then you put it in Floyd Mayweather's height. He's, he's genuinely a combination of of three of the greatest fighters right now. And he's all three of them. And this man can hurt you. Like, I feel bad for, like, this little exhibition fight. I saw the guys he's supposed to be going against. I feel bad for these dudes. Like, do you, if if Tyson's only 
two tenths of what he was back in '87. That's still a thousand percent better than these guys could ever be. Go ahead. Yeah, a couple things um, to just add on to your points. Um, one, how old is Mike Tyson? Fifty-three. So when you have a quote from a young trainer that's getting Mike in shape for this. <laughs> okay. Now I've seen a similar quote for Deontay Wilder, who I am a fan of. And I think it really stinks that, you know, he wasn't able to stay undefeated, but I think it's good, you know, which I think we'll talk about another day, just the heavyweight division. I think Mike Tyson going viral. We have to do what's right for our people and, and talk about, yo, this should happen. Like we need to touch on Mike Tyson right now because the fact that he's actually – he's saying, you know what, I'm going to do some exhibitions, see how it goes, and then see if I can make a little bit of money. Um, yep. So that's why this becomes a trending topic. For a trainer to say on national news outlet, <laughs> I feared for my life from a 53-year-old man, okay? This is not to take anything away from Deontay Wilder, who I am a fan of. I do like the way he fights. And I think the best part about him is the fact that he got beat the way he got beat. He's yeah. going to be a better boxer and could end up becoming the greatest heavyweight of all time from this. There's I an agree. opportunity for him. I wholeheartedly because agree. Now, because, you know, it just takes you got to – I mean, when you ain't lost and damn near 40 fights and then you get humbled in your, 40, in your 41st fight, it's like, all right, I got to go learn some new shit to go with all yep. this fucking power I got, you know. Mike Tyson and Deontay Wilder, the only guys I've ever read stories of people who were scared of their lives. The only difference is Mike Tyson is legitimately 20 years older than Deontay Wilder. Yep. So let's understand where this is coming from, folks. This is not coming from a place of true nostalgia because Mike Tyson is an old man that probably, if he gets connected the right way, he probably could go comatose. Like, this dude's fought a lot. But a focus Mike Tyson is arguably the greatest fighter to ever live. The Mike Tyson that was with Customato and before everything crazy with Robin and yeah. Don doing his shit is arguably the greatest fighter to ever live. Look at the techniques and sound. I saw a bit on Deontay Wilder, and he was talking about how many Hall of Famers did Mike Tyson fight, and he said, don't count this guy, don't count that guy. And I honestly had to look at it from this perspective, and I'm not a big boxing guy, uh, but I know this as much too. How many Hall of Famers has he fought? One. Yeah. So that was when I saw that and I said, it's almost like he's trying to set this fight up for himself to either I'm going to KO Mike Tyson or I'm going to be famous for these lyrics the rest of my life because, you know, that's just unfortunately what our people do. You got a um, point, bro. I, I, I honestly I did, I didn't, I didn't like him way. saying that. I didn't like him saying that. Like, you didn't need to come at Mike like that. Like, let people do what they do. It's the curse of this generation. Um, you know what I mean? Because we just didn't do. We didn't say that. You know, say the way we used to handle our elders, uh, rest in peace, was the way Kobe handled Michael at 40 when he had like 51 on him. That's how we did it. We did it quietly. We talked gracious shit to him on the court, and we didn't embarrass him in these media outlets and do all that shit. That's just not the way we were. Like, we would handle, you know what I'm saying, 
you were coming for somebody, you were the young gun, you went to them and you talked that to them and you worked that shit out. Yeah. And that's the way you did it. Because I know I, I did similar things when I was young and up and coming and I had to learn. You know, shout out to my mentor, Robert Reed, who taught me a very valuable lesson early in my indoor career. Uh, bitch, you need to do more. Uh, don't ever talk to me like that. And then earn my respect, uh, which he did by running the hell out of me that season. Oh, my God, Chris. The best football shape I've been in my life. Shout out Coach Reed. That's my guy right there. I hope he's listening. Oh, man. But he taught me respect real quick. But that's what it is. It wasn't me going on any type of Facebook video. I don't know what we had in 2008. I don't know. What, what, we, what would we have gone on in 08? We had you know, MySpace. We had Facebook at that time. Yeah, but, you know, it might have been a MySpace. It was never that. It was me and Robert and me just talking a little shit to him and him going, nah, I'm not fucking going that way. I'm old school South, <laughs> young buck. And you're going to learn and understand who I am. And he taught me how to be him and he taught me how to be great. And that's how we handled it. We didn't just go and just put our shit out to where we can go viral. Like the shit talk that I did to Robert Reed was around guys that I'm friends with now. And we were all all stars together. There wasn't no cameras. Wasn't for that. So that's the only thing I had to say about Deontay Wilder saying that. Like, you don't think Mike Tyson saw that shit and said, you know what? Fuck this heavyweight division. I'm Mike Tyson. I can fucking draw everybody to come watch me fight. All I got to do is lose 30 pounds because my hands are still here. Come on, man. Mike Tyson knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. He so knows let me, let he's me, got, he got he's just, Yeah, yeah. And then before you go, and I'm going to go. He's like, you know, remember when George Foreman fucking came and knocked out Michael Moore when we were teenagers? And rocked me, yeah. And he just retired after that. Mike yep. Tyson knows he's got one good fight left in it. That's all I'm saying. And he saw what you said, Deontay, and I'm rooting for you because I don't want to continue to be this old school bias guy, and I'm only fucking 37 years old. There's my first F-bomb. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Mom. But, you know, <laughs> when you're drinking Cavassier, Champagne, and vodka, it's bound to happen, Mom, Dad. I love you. Okay, but... That's what I see in my head. I see it's like, it's the old trick, you know. The young hare thinks he could beat the old tortoise to the finish line and mess around and loses, man. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Think about it. And I'll be the old bogey in this one, and I just turned 36. Think about those Tyson fights. When he killed somebody in the first round in 17 seconds, or he killed you in the second round, in a, like a minute in the second round. How much emotion did Tyson show? None. None, because he knew this was going to happen. When he won the belt, he knocked the dude out. How much emotion did he show? Not much. Just happy for Cuss, because, you know, Cuss had been around. Like exactly. young Mike, it was all about Cuss. And exactly. I'm going to tell everybody in boxing, you know, you guys ought to be grateful Cuss wasn't 10 years younger. Yeah. If, if Cuss had been 10 years younger when he found Mike, pff, boxing wouldn't – nobody would care. So that's what I'm be- saying. Like, with Mike, when, when Deontay Wilder wins a fight, like, he's loud, he's boisterous. I love it. I'm Southern. I'm the same way. When Anthony Joshua wins a fight, he's loud, he's diplomatic because he's English or whatever, whatever. When Tyson Fury wins a fight, he's loud, he sings songs and all this other crap. 
when Mike wins a fight, it's because he knew he was going to win, whether you were scared or not. Mike knew, all right, I was supposed to do this. And on another note, you brought up something like, he, Wilder may, may have been setting this fight up subconsciously because you talk shit about Mike. Mike's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, Mike, Mike is a 70s baby. Like, you talk shit to me, I got to come see you. And that's, hey. that's, not, that's not a knock on anybody born after 89. But from 89 to about 70, if you talk shit about me, bro, I got to come see you. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Guess who else was named Mike and is born in Brooklyn? Who, Mr. Walton? Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Interesting. Who is is the same exact way? Like, if you talk about me, bro, like, I got to come see you. So my last take on Mike, if he comes back and he looks the way he looks, and if he fights to an nth degree, yes, America, I use the word nth, an nth degree, To how he used to fight, it's going to be a problem. It won't be a problem for a long amount of time because he'll retire. He's not stupid. Because honestly, he doesn't need the money because those hangover movies got him paid pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. But if he comes back and he's anywhere in the atmosphere of where he used to be, somebody is going to get hurt. Like your box, like the heavyweight draw will always be the biggest amount of money, period. Like, Mayweather had to go to a gimmicky-ass fight against McGregor for the upper echelon money. When he fought Pacquiao, even though it was seven to ten years later, it was good money, but it's not a heavyweight fight money. So when it comes down to it, Mike can come back, get a $100 million gate, probably another 50 to 75 million on pay-per-view and you got to give Mike 70% of it and he's still going to win. So I'm ended on that. But if Mike comes back, somebody has a problem on their hands. That pit bull may be a little bit older, but it still has teeth. And it's wiser. It oh just God. He, he can it, box. That's the thing about it. he can box. And he's humble, man. We were actually no, no bullshit. It's funny how when you don't script a show, America, and you just go and you just talk. We were just talking about humility and egos in this house with the fiance. And I'm telling you guys right now, when a guy like that who had the world, this the guy, world. there were the three most famous people in 1988 in America. And I'll throw in a couple of people. But let's say the three three most famous males, I'll say foremost, because I put Prince in there. All three of them were named Mike. Yeah. One was Jackson, one was Jordan, and the other one was Tyson. Like, yeah. dude, Mike, these dudes used to all hang together, bro. Like, <laughs> So here's a guy there that did that, went through his hell, came back, was a champion, went through some more hell, relaxed, did his thing. This dude did a comedy tour where he basically, his comedy was talking about his life and making fun of himself. 
Is yep. that the guy you want to fucking fight at 53? There's my second F-bomb. Is that the guy you want to fight? That has really like, dude, I've done it all. I'm doing this now for the love of the game. And you know what? Maybe because I heard somebody um, put Talk my name shit. in their mouth. Let me tell you something. You know what one of the biggest gates is going to be? What? Whatever, whatever channel they show this Mike Tyson exhibition on. Because yep. don't act like we ain't all watching. I'm watching. This is going to get last dance numbers. It's Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? Like when Michael Jackson was coming back for that tour, RIP Michael, everybody was like, yo, like, man, he might, it might be the Moonwalker 2.0 or some shit. He might come up with something. He might have been working with Chris Brown on some new Moonwalker shit. That's all I'm saying, man. We're going to leave it at that because I know we want to talk more about the heavyweight boxing division because we're big fans of that division. We're big fans of boxing in general when you have personalities like, by the way, shouts out to these other guys. Uh, uh, Terrence Crawford, who I know is is uh, a Midwestern guy. Nebraska, Omaha. Yeah, I can't wait for that Crawford-Spence uh, fight now that Earl's getting his shit together. And I'm glad Earl's okay after the accident. That's yeah. going to be a big draw. I can't wait for whoever is going to get this Fury-Wilder uh, fight back. And I'm just telling either one of them, y'all just might want to wait. Yeah. Uh, uh, whoever whoever beats Tyson or loses to Tyson, that's what you guys might want to just try to make that fight and go, you know what, Mike, just fight for the belt. Get your money now, because at least if you lost, you go, well, yeah, I lost, but I lost to Mike fucking Tyson. That's yep. my third F-bomb. So, I want to leave it there, and I'm just saying, Chris Turner, there's nothing like a good spirited conversation when you've had vodka, champagne, and Cavassier in the same sitting. I'll tell you something right now. America, she's a saint because she has to listen to this foolishness while she is doing <laughs> what she has to do to get us ready to get on this plane tomorrow. But America, it's going to happen. Chris Turner and I are going to finally be in the same place at the same time for the next few podcasts. Shit just got real. Live shows, folks. We do all this shit in one take in the first place. Now you're going to see us do it in one take. And you will see how much alcohol actually gets consumed during the damn episode. But and that's a whole other thing. Yeah, so, but I'm going to say it right now. I'm just going to prep it. I know it's a whole other thing, Chris. I know you got plans, but listen, we're going to put a whole bunch of bottles in front of this. And whoever loves what they hear, come on now. We got topics for days. We'll even talk about vodka or Cavassier or whatever you want us to talk about. We'll talk about that. We'll make that an hour show. You kidding me? Hey. I don't mind. I don't mind whoring myself for a little bit of money. Just put that out there. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I'm still unemployed, so I don't even need to go into that. So hold on. I'm I'm gonna put this out there too. On the next episode of What's Good America, follow us on IG. Um, there's going to be a Michael Jackson Prince debate. Oh, you gonna do that to me? I'm putting that shit out there right now. Oh Lord, we, oh, there, Lord. Is, there is going to be a King of Pop <sighs> on the artist formerly known as Debate. That, that's and that's gonna, what you're gonna do. And I'm gonna put this on the record right now. I'm with the purple one. I just want to put that out there. Jeez. I'm with the purple one. So anyway, it's time for America's favorite subject. 
America's favorite topic. Give me a minute. I'm going to go first because because I am. Fuck it. I, I really got no explana- explanation behind it. I'm going first. America, give me a minute. Now, because we drink so much during these podcasts, I don't really know uh, what episode we're on and everything else. I think we're on 12, I think. I can't be sure about shit like that. I don't know. But allow me on episode whatever this is, I might edit it and put in the actual number. I might dub it or whatever. But I might not because we keep it real. We keep it wrong. I would like to formally apologize to James Madison Walton the third. Oh, wow. Allow me to formally apologize because the NFL schedule just came out. And I looked at the Dolphins schedule. We could actually make the damn playoffs. And maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm set, maybe I'm setting myself up for failure. <laughs> but we play eight, we play 18 games this year. The way I looked at the schedule, we might run off and win like 11 or 12 games. I'm gonna put that out there. So 11 to 12 games puts you in possibly a wild card situation, and also technically the wild card are what the playoffs. So allow me to humble myself. Christopher Turner, I'm not saying my middle name because I don't need y'all knowing all that, but allow me to humble myself and say James Madison Walton the third. I apologize, dude. We got a shot at this shit. Like, all you really want to do is get to the dance. Like, all you want to do is get to the prom with that girl, and you know what? Somebody might put a little gin in the punch. She might feel a little frisky. Y'all might end up at the Hotel Six. The Motel 6, don't at me. That happened at my 12th grade prom. Don't ask which which date because I went to three proms, but whatever, it happened. I had fun. Don't judge me. Mama, this probably ain't the one you need to listen to. So all I'm saying is, we got a shot, man. Fins up. That's the end of my Give Me a Minute. Wow. Fins up. I'm I'm amazed by that. I um I don't know. I just had to, you know, gather myself before mine. So I just came and and uh sat next to the fiance. She's over here handling business right now. And hi Kelly. Yeah, you know, just the fact that this dude apologized to me. I'm amazed. And I appreciate that, man, because you know if I have to give you any credit, I already (laughs) My ego's already like, you know, you know when you play Mario Brothers and you got like that one life left? Like, that's where I'm at every time I have to go, you know what, I got to get his due some credit. And I have to do that a lot on this show, America. Like, you don't understand how much ego I have to swallow. So for him to say that, you know, I have closetly become a Dolphins fan because I have no reason to hate the Dolphins outside of Chris Turner. And... <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love Ace Ventura? I mean, me and the missus watched uh, Ace Ventura the other day, and we were cracking up, having a ball watching that. Uh, Dan Marino 
solid ch- uh, acting chops. I don't think he gets credit for what he did there. No. But if it but if it wasn't for Dan Marino, we wouldn't have found out that Lieutenant Einhorn was hiding Captain Winky. Okay. <laughs> That's how I feel about the Dolphins. All right. So based on that, I didn't realize he was going to go there. So this is going to be uh, one hell of a uh, give me a minute, but I believe it's my time. America, give me a minute. As I tie the robe that was bought by my fiance with the Walton emblem on it, based on the fact that she is on her way to be a Walton, and I have a W here, and I've been sipping on expensive champagne and delicious Cavassier and wonderful Tito's handmade vodka. And to hear the fact that on today, I could take a Dolphins fan and show him the light of the things that I saw. Yeah. Not only as a football fan and a football connoisseur, but believe it or not, America, one of the, you know, smarter minds when it comes to this sport, I will also like to bring up this. There was an episode where not too long ago, I believe it was our draft episode, where I, Mr. Saturday Night, Wayne's J, shout out to AC for the nickname, because it spawned into Wayne's F, baby, Wayne's to the, and (laughs) all sorts of nicknames, spoke of the fact that the NFL needs a system very similar to what the NBA has for their college athletes that are coming into the draft. I spoke it in and it was shot down, you know, respectfully by somebody that was there. My bad. And it's okay. But then lo and behold, a prominent football coach who had a very good college career, very good college career, had a very solid pro career, had a very solid college coaching career, part one, went to the NFL and coached in a Super Bowl, and it's not doing as well as he'd like to do, but at the end of the day, he's coaching his alma mater. Let's just say the guy has won in life up to this point. Echoed my same sentiments in his own way two weeks later. America, this is what's really good. If you're not listening to what Chris Turner and I have to say, you need to start fucking listening. And I don't <laughs> care about that F-bomb. That one I'm not going to apologize to my mom and dad for. <laughs> They're going to have to take that one. And I'll deal with the ass whooping later. The bottom line is this. This show is for real. We laugh at each other. We make fun of each other. We may say some outlandish stuff. It might be all from time to time. But when it comes to what we're talking about, we keeping it 100. And it is our goal to bring up things that will be there and should be happening. You know why? Because you've got a five-star guy that had a cup of coffee. You got a, I don't know how many stars I was, one and three quarters, two stars? Damn, damn that's disrespectful. I don't, I don't, I'm a disrespect myself. That's the truth. I don't know. The star system wasn't, you know, really all that legit. It wasn't. Uh, it got more legit by the time I got to you. By the way, my first Nike camp, all they gave us was a cutoff t-shirt, man. So that's me. I'm the original Nike camp kid. 
So that's all we're trying to say to you, America. And don't act like Chris Turner didn't uh, shout out Master P the way he did. And that Master P video went viral on black Twitter. Master P making them threes uh, back in the day when he almost made the Raptors. That's all I'm trying I, to tell you. I'm I wasn't going to bring that up. I wasn't going to say anything about I'll, it. Listen, I'll talk a lot about myself when it's been that type of moment in, in, in a give me a minute. But I'm not going to not, you know, honor my friend who had the first moment of look at black Twitter bringing things up right after we talk about it. And I love that. Guys, keep supporting us. Tell us what you want us to talk about, because we're going to tell it from our side, which, believe it or not, is your side. I looked at my fiance while I was saying some things, and we were talking about Will Smith, and she giggled four times. That's all I need to know, because <laughs> she knows I'm crazy. And if I get Chris Turner to break America, not only am I funny, <laughs> but I'm also telling the damn truth. It is his goal in life to disagree with me. But That's this is where it starts. Okay. All I'm letting you guys know is we're not going anywhere. You already heard. We just started to announce topics now. We have that much confidence because we don't show, I don't know, double digits. I'm just going to call it show oh, double yeah, digits. Yeah. Yep. So we don't show double digits. And you already know our next topic, America. There's going to be plenty more. Give me minutes. But personally, I'm already thanking all of you uh, because we know for a fact that if it ain't for y'all, we can't get Hennessy. We can't get St. Germain. We can't even get Cooks or Andre Champagne to sponsor us without y'all adding to these likes. So keep doing that. But don't forget on this magical night that I will take in May. Damn, I'm a genius. And I'm done. Wait to be. Wait to be. What's, what's the name of that uh, champagne you're drinking again? Oh, man, let me let me mispronounce this again. Uh, we drinking that uh, uh, Vouvet Click Quack. <laughs> I know I have. I got. If anybody is is French listening to this, sorry, uh, babe said Vouve, click call. I messed it up again. <laughs> the second time I messed it up. I can't even. Oh man! But I tell you right now, you know you got some good champagne when you get on before the show and you look at your girl and you go, "Yo, I know this is good champagne because I'm buzzing like a mug right now." It was so like one glass, Chris. It's one that glass. That has been. Shame. That has been another episode of What's Good America. Let me take a, a second out to give much respect and much love and admiration and all the love in my heart to the greatest fraternity in the world, which is Phi Beta Sigma. Oh, that 19, 1914? 1914, because they have been supporting us crazy. They've been listening to all of my stuff. They are one of the main contributors asking if Walt is black or white. Still, <laughs> I want to give a big shout out to my fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma. Theta New Chapter specifically. I want to give a big shout out to y'all guys. But like we always say, quarantine time is now over. I hope, I pray, I wish that during that time and during this time, you've, great, you've gained a greater appreciation for your family, your loved ones your significant others, the people around you become a positive influence for everybody that's around you. Hey, keep tuning in because whether you like it or not, what's good America is here to stay.